No matter what binds you, there is a God that can set you free. Would you lift up your hands? If you need victory, I want you to know it's in the hand of God. You can reach up your hands and say, God, I need victory. And he can reach his hand down. Come on, somebody love him. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Hallelujah. Come on, for just a few moments, somebody love him. Hallelujah, Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. One more time, let's give him a hand clap of praise. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning open to the book of Acts chapter 2. And uh, we'll be getting ready to dismiss our Sunday school students here in a moment. Uh, but I want to say uh, what a great time that we had uh, this weekend with the young people. We went down to Selma, California to a youth conference. And uh, Reverend Douglas Walker absolutely tore it up and preached a word to our young people. Amen. Hallelujah. But I wanted to say this, that while he was preaching, uh, there was a group that was sticking with him on just about every point, and that was ARC young people. Amen. Y'all didn't think I noticed, but I did. While the rest of the kids might have been sitting with their arms folded, ARC young people were saying, we receive it. We receive it. You know, when you respond to the preaching, you know what you're saying? Yeah, I get that. I receive that. God send more. Hallelujah. I like to represent it this way. It's like when you're eating your mama's cooking. You know, it's, it's that kid or that person or that husband that says to his wife, man, that was good. That makes her want to cook some more. Uh, it's something about, about when people hear preaching and they get with the preaching that it just pulls it out. Amen. If I'll ever, if I'll ever become a great preacher, it's because there's a great church. Amen. That says we want more. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Thank you, Jesus. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students to their rooms, their classrooms, to have a good time. Look at them go. They're running off, ready to learn about Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless all of our Sunday school students and teachers. And uh, if that's something you're interested in, amen. If that's something you're interested in doing is teaching kids or, or picking kids up or knocking doors to reach kids, Amen. You will be blessed by that. Please see Brother Sister Rodriguez. Amen. That's one department that can always use a helping hand in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 1. Hallelujah. It's good to have Cookie back with us in the house of God. Amen. Let's just become home for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded or confused because that they heard every man, every man of every one of them speak in his own 
language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? These folks should be speaking a different language, but here they are. We hear them speaking our language. And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we are born? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, and the dwellers of Mesopotamia, and in Judea, and Cappadocia, and Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, and Egypt, and parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues, or our language, the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. It's early in the morning. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. After everybody marveled and was amazed, it was Peter who said, they're not drunk as you suppose. But he said, this is that. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on that subject. This is that. Amen. Would you set down your Bible and lift up your hands and let's pray all across this house. Come on, would you lift up your voice and pray with me. I pray for every saint of God that they would get a revelation that this is that. Every visitor, hallelujah, every young person would get a revelation that this is, in fact, that. Somebody pray all across this house. Hallelujah, Lord, we give you glory. We give you honor, Jesus. We give you praise, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody give him praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Give him a fist bump. Amen. And you may be seated in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This is that. Undoubtedly, the moment that I gave my opening text, there were some things and some wheels that began to run in people's head that says, I know that. And I think there's something good about that to have familiarized yourself with a passage and a portion of Scripture so much that you can say, I have, I have understood and I have gained something. That lets us know that uh, there's something about that Scripture that's important. Uh, but there's also something that happens when somebody says, well, I, I already know that. There is a filing away that I've already heard it all. <laughs> I know people that when they read parts of the Bible, they skim through it as if they've seen it all and heard it all. Uh, but there is so much to this passage of Scripture that we could continue in just this one chapter until Jesus Christ came back. 
amen, and we would still be talking about all the different nuances and great things that we would find in this text, amen. But I want to talk about this being that, hallelujah, that this is that. The Bible says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, you, there's a lot that we could talk about when it comes to Pentecost. There is a reason that we are considered apostolic Pentecostal people. Some would ask, well, what is Pentecost? And all we've got to do is open up our Bibles, take them book back to the book of Acts chapter 2, and say that this is the birthplace of the church. There was in other denominations, there was only the disciples of Jesus that showed up to an upper room on the day of Pentecost. And they were all filled with the Spirit of God on the day of Pentecost. So when somebody asks you, what is Pentecost? I'll tell you what Pentecost is. Pentecost is an experience. It is not a religion that just goes back, amen, thousands of years, although that is true. Amen. It is something that is to be encountered and experienced by every generation. Come on. Hallelujah. It is to be encountered and experienced by every language. It is to be encountered and experienced, amen, by everybody on earth. Hallelujah. We could talk all about the Feast of Pentecost, and so maybe at another time we will. What led up to this, but ultimately Pentecost, amen, it is the feast, amen, in which they would represent 50 days after the Passover. It is here at Pentecost that 50 days have gone by since Jesus has died and rose again from the dead. He'd been seen of them 40 days, amen, and, and he'd been in the grave for three, so that leaves us seven days from his ascension. And Jesus told them to go and to dwell in Jerusalem until you be endued for, with power from on high, until you receive the promise of the Father which saith he, you have heard of me. He was telling them that you've got to go to Jerusalem because there's something that's going to happen in Jerusalem, something that's going to change the course of history forever, and it's going to happen in Jerusalem. And he told all 500 there uh, that were standing, gazing up into heaven, uh, they were told, you go to Jerusalem and you wait for that promise. It's interesting to me that only 120 made it to the upper room. I think it's something to be said that, 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 that those that have to wait, amen, there's an attrition that comes with waiting. It could be that all 500 made it to the upper room, and after day one, 50 people started to say, well, I'm getting a little hungry. I'm ready to go. Day two came by, and they said, well, you know, another 30 people said, I, I, you know what, it's getting a little late. I got to go. But by the time the seventh day was, that the Bible would declare when the day of Pentecost was fully come, on that seventh day, come on, somebody, that seventh day that the Bible says on the seventh day God rested. It was that seventh day, that final day, that completion day, those that 
that made it and stayed until the day of Pentecost was fully come. Those that held out, amen, in spite of what they thought, in spite of what they felt, when that day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all, all 120, everybody that made it to the upper room, everybody that stayed in the upper room, everybody that tarried in the upper room, everybody that prayed in the upper room, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody give him praise. Come on, if you're in church here today, you're in a good place. You never know when the day of Pentecost is going to fully come. You never know when the promise of God is going to show up. You never know when God's going to step in and everything changes. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Hallelujah. It's there the day of Pentecost, that final 50th day. Amen. there's a lot of typology we could talk about inside of there that it was the 50th, amen, year. It was that 50th year, which was the year of Jubilee. Hallelujah. And everybody got all of their possessions back. When everybody that was in bondage got set free and delivered. It was that day of Pentecost that was fully come. I want to help somebody that when you come to this house, you're not just coming to another church. You're... You're not just coming to another denomination or another religion. When you come into this house, you've come to Pentecost. And when you come to Pentecost, it is that 50th day. It is that year of Jubilee where people's lives are forever changed. Where those who were bound by addictions, they got to let those addictions go. When those that were held captive of the enemy, the enemy has to say, I can't hold you anymore. It's a year of freedom. Church, can I preach to you? This is the kind of church that's got power. This is the kind of church that's got liberty. This is the kind of church that's got... Come on, somebody, let's magnify him for just a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But it was there when the day of Pentecost was fully come that they waited for the promise of the Father. They were endued with power from on high. And that is still happening today. I want to help you for those that say, well, that was good for the moment back then. I don't care what, 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 what teacher, what theologian tried to lie to you and tell you that the Holy Ghost was only for those, uh, amen, that were back in the day of Pentecost. Uh, amen. The Holy Ghost is available. It is the promise of the Father. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. My Bible says it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. It wasn't the hope of the apostles. It wasn't just the hope of the 120, but it's the hope of you and I today in the 21st century. Hallelujah. But as they're praying, the day of Pentecost fully comes, and they've been praying for about seven days. And finally, the Holy Ghost sweeps through the building, the Bible says, like a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. For those that say you should come to church and feel nothing, I want you to know, when you come to church, a Holy Ghost church, you should feel well, I don't know about emotions. I don't know about feelings. I want to tell you, God gave you those emotions. God gave you those feelings. And when his spirit moves, come on. Hallelujah. But it filled all the house where they were sitting, and they were all filled. Not just a couple. Well, it's, you know, I don't have that gift. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. 
and they begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit give them utterance. Can I help somebody here today and just teach for a moment? You only know you got the Holy Ghost when you have spoken in other tongues. I don't know if I believe that. Let me help you here today. They got the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2, and they spoke in other tongues. They got the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 8, and they spoke in other tongues. They got the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 10, and they spoke in other tongues. And those that were believers of John in Acts 19 that got the Holy Ghost, they laid hands on them, and they spoke in other tongues. You only know you got the Holy Ghost with a heavenly language out of your belly begins to flow rivers of living water. If you got the Holy Ghost, why don't you give them a Holy Ghost praise? If you've been baptized in Jesus' name, if you spoke in tongues, when that Holy Ghost came upon you, somebody magnify him. Somebody lift up your hands and praise him. Come on, here today, the Bible says that while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them. You don't have to wait till the altar. You can receive the Holy Ghost while I'm preaching. You can receive the Holy Ghost while they were seated. You can be sitting down, and the Holy Ghost can come upon you. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and magnify him for just a moment. Come on, let's love him. Let's love him. I'm telling you, that's the hope of our generation is the Holy Ghost. Well, some people would say, well, I don't know about that. Because that was just for that time. They spoke in tongues because it was for evangelistic purposes. I love how everybody becomes a theologian. Amen. Everybody becomes a theologian, but yet they've not simply read their Bible. <laughs> and there were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men, out of every nation, out of heaven. <laughs> devout Jews were bilingual at minimum. They all knew Hebrew. If it was for evangelistic purposes, I would think to myself that they would have just talked to one another in Hebrew. But the Bible says that when it was noised abroad, what was noised abroad? That people were filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, that the multitude came together. There was a little confusion because they said, are these not Galileans? And yet somehow they're speaking my native language. I'm trying to understand this. Amen. God is showing to them that there's something that goes beyond humanistic, amen, ways and tasks. It's something that man cannot reproduce. It's as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Well, they, 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 they could have just talked to each other in Hebrew, yeah. And, and so God said, I'm going to fill you with the Holy Ghost, and this is going to be a sign. And the Bible says they all came together. It was confusing to some. They didn't understand. And the Bible says that they were all amazed and in doubt because everybody was trying to figure out this phenomenon. Others thought there's another way that I can handle this. Amen. This is how some people handle that which they cannot understand. Others mocked and said these men are full of new wine. These men are drunk. Amen. It was in this moment, amen, that, that Peter stood up with the 11 and said these are not drunk as you suppose. It's funny that they could only relate to what God was doing as drunken parties. These devout Jews. 
that should know, hallelujah, that shouldn't really know what that's like. They said, this seems like one of those drunk parties I've been to. They could only relate it. I've come to help somebody. There's a lot of presumptions that people bring when they come to the house of God, when they come to a Pentecostal church. Amen. There's a world out there that will go absolutely crazy for their gods, go absolutely crazy for the things they're interested in. But when they come to church, they want to fold their arms and say, man, this sure is weird. But I've come to help you. This ain't a party. This is a Holy Ghost party. This ain't drunk with wine, but this is being filled with the Spirit. Oh, somebody magnify him. This ain't another kegger, but honey, this is when the Spirit of God comes down and fills mortal men with the power of an eternal God. Oh, somebody lift him up and give him praise. Hallelujah. There will always be mockers and scoffers. Some put on the guise of education and say, well, you know, I came to, you, came to your church and everybody was jumping and shouting and running. You know, that looked a little weird. But you see them at a football game. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see them anywhere else outside of a religious, organ, a religious situation, and they will go absolutely nuts. I'm coming to tell somebody, uh, amen, God created us as worshipers. God created us to worship. Hallelujah. God created us with those emotions, and nobody else deserves it but our God. But Peter stood up with the 11, and the rest of the church, the 120 behind him, that were all filled with the Holy Ghost. There was men in that crowd. There was women in that crowd. Even the mother of Jesus, Mary, was in that crowd. The one that gave birth to the Savior was now getting new birth from the Savior. The one that gave birth to Jesus is now being up, given the opportunity, amen, of new birth from Jesus. Amen. She's now being born again. I've come to help you. Everybody in that room received the Holy Ghost. They declared they are not drunk. They are not crazy. They are not wrong. Can I help you? If you came to this house, I want you to know that this worship that we had earlier, it's not insanity, but we found our mind. We just found the one that's worthy of praise. We just finally found the one that's worthy of worship. We just found the one that's worthy of all of our emotions. We just found the one that's worthy of everything we got inside us. But it is there that he begins to tell them, these are not drunk as you suppose. It's too early for that. Maybe not for some of those folks in the crowd. He said, but this is that. A phrase that we've heard a thousand, maybe a million times in church. This is that. But as I begin to read this, I begin to think about that statement that was being made by Peter on the day of Pentecost after 120 received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want you to understand that when Peter was making that declaration that this is that. There was only just a handful of people in the Jewish nation that had received the gift of the Holy Ghost at that point. Only 120 had received it. And Peter stood up with faith to say that this, 
This right here is the very thing that has been prophesied for thousands and thousands of years. This is that which you've been looking for. Amen. All the way back in Genesis where God said, my spirit shall not always strive with men. This is that which goes all the way back to the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11 where God confounded their land and later prophesies, I'm going to unite them, and they shall be of one tongue. Hallelujah. Can I preach some theology to some folks? It was there. It goes all the way back to the Ark of the Covenant where God says, I'm going to dwell in this tabernacle. I'm going to speak to you from on top of the mercy seat. Amen. And later he promises that they shall be my people and I will tabernacle myself with them. God was saying one day, I will not just be above them, but one day I will dwell in them. There is no greater gift than receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. There is... Come on. There is nothing else to be pointed towards. This is that which has been prophesied. This is that which God has saw since the beginning of time. I'm going to create man, and one day I shall live in them. Somebody lift up your hands, and let's pray. Come on, there's nothing like receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's nothing like receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, receiving the Spirit of God, speaking in other tongues. There's nothing like God filling your mortal body, that same Spirit which raised Christ Jesus from the dead, quickening your mortal bodies. There's nothing like God Almighty saying, I'm going to live in them. I'm going to walk in them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. There's nothing like the Holy Ghost. Oh, somebody magnify him. Somebody praise him. It's interesting to note that Peter declared this is that when there's only 120 people that receive the Holy Ghost. It was small and seemingly insignificant of a moment, but he declared it anyways. This is that. He was there. And it didn't look like much, but Peter, as a preacher, was letting them know and was declaring to them that this is the very thing we've been praying for and waiting for. Can I help somebody? you got to stop waiting on things to look finished before you start declaring this is that. I don't want to be somebody that waits for something to arrive and finally get there before I myself get behind it and say this is that. It doesn't take faith to get behind something that's already going for 30 years or 400 years but it takes faith to stand up in its infancy and say this is that would you pray all across the building
Come on, somebody pray. I came to preach for a little while, but I've come to help you. I wouldn't want to wait. Come on, be like a Peter that declares the moving of God. People getting the Holy Ghost may not be 10,000 yet, but this is that. It may not be 500 yet, but this is that. It may not be 3,000 yet, but this is that. The birth and declaration of Jesus Christ was no different. Every man that was born before Jesus was seen as a potential Savior. For it was prophesied in Genesis 3 and 15 that the serpent is going to bruise your heel, but the, the seed that's coming out of the woman is going to crush his head. That was a representation of Jesus and later of his church. Hallelujah. But it is there that he burst forth a cane, and they say, finally, we got the Savior of the world. The man-child that's born, that's going to bring us salvation. And then Abel's born, and they go, well, maybe it's Cain and Abel that are going to bring about salvation. And then Cain kills his brother Abel. So they're disqualified, and one's dead. And then Enoch's born, and Enoch's living right, walking with God. And people begin to think, well, maybe this spiritual man by the name of Enoch's the one uh, that's going to set us free and deliver us. Uh, amen. And, and bring us back into the garden uh, and bring us back into our purpose. Uh, and they think maybe it's Enoch. And the Bible says that Enoch was taken because he had this testimony. He pleased God. He walked uh, with God. And then Noah's born. They name him Rest. Noah. Finally, we're going to get the rest that we've been looking for. That rest that's been promised, amen, since God rested on the seventh day. Because that's what everybody's looking for. They're looking for salvation, and they're looking for divine rest. And they say this one's going to be the answer to all of our trouble and all the turmoil and the work of our hands. The curse that's upon the earth is going to be cleansed by this man by the name of Noah. And then Noah gets drunk. Maybe... It's Abraham. He walks with God and follows God and walks in his ways. And they think maybe this is the Savior of the world. But you know the story. He produces an Ishmael and suddenly, amen, creates something that should have never been there. Maybe it's his grandkids. Maybe it's Esau. He's the firstborn after all. He came out first. He's going to be the Savior of the world. But it's there that Esau denies and gives up his birthright, amen, to his brother. Maybe now. It's Jacob because Jacob's got the birthright. But Jacob lies, cheats, and steals so he can't be the Messiah. Maybe if we go all the way to Exodus, it's a man by the name of Moses who was drawn up out of the water. He's going to deliver Israel, and he's going to deliver the whole world. But it's Moses that strikes a rock when he should have spoke to it, and he can't even go into the promised land. Maybe it's the judges. Samson gets his eyes plucked out because he can't keep his eyes on the right thing. Maybe it's Saul, head and shoulders above all men, greater and stronger and better. He's a king that we've been looking for, but he doesn't obey God. Maybe it's David, not as tall, not as strapping, not as good. But maybe it is David, the one that's a man after God's own heart, but yet David, amen, commits adultery and kills a man. 
Maybe it's one of the other kings, but we don't want to talk about Jeroboam. We don't want to talk about Rehoboam. We don't want to go down all the list of all the kings that set up high places and begin to worship other gods. We can't talk about Solomon, who was the wisest man that ever lived, because before it's all said none, he's got 700 wives and 300 concubines, and the Bible says his wives turn his heart from God. And it was that moment they thought, well, maybe it's not in a king. Maybe it's got to be in one of the prophets. But you follow the prophets all the way through and you get all the way to the final prophet of the Old Testament his name is John the Baptist and he says I am not the Lamb of God I am not the one that you're looking for Jesus comes and is born in a manger and it's there that magi and shepherds they come to his birthing place and they declare with silver or they declare with gold with myrrh and with frankincense this is that He's never performed a miracle. He's just a baby in a manger, not even in the inn, not even a place of status and stature, not born into royalty, but he's born, amen, into some circumstances that don't look right in the common culture. Amen, they're not so certain if he's born of a virgin or Mary is a liar. And they come by, and even in spite of that, they begin to declare, this is that. This is Jesus who shall save his people from their sins. And here comes Jesus. John the Baptist is baptizing people in the River Jordan. And they're confessing their sins. And all of Jerusalem and Judea came out to the Jordan River to be baptized of John. And they said, John, are you the Savior? John, are you the Messiah? And he kept telling them, no, there's one that's coming after me that's mightier than I, the latchet of whose shoes. I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. They wanted to know, are you the one? And John said, no, I'm not. But there's somebody that's coming, and he's got the Holy Ghost. He's got the rest. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. John the Baptist sees Jesus. The Bible says he seeth Jesus coming. This is before the Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove. This is before Jesus ever performed any miracles. This is before he collected any followers. This is before he had disciples. This is before he ever taught a message. This is before he ever preached a message. And when John saw Jesus coming, his faith leapt up on side of him like he did when he was in his mother Elizabeth's womb. And he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. You know what John was saying? This is that. This is that. Can I preach to somebody when you come to church and you got the Holy Ghost moving? You don't look for something else. You declare, this is what our world needs. You declare, this is that which was spoken all the way back then. When you come to the apostolic church, you found what you're looking for. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Come on, this is that which will be the answer for Carson City. This is that which will be the answer for Reno, Nevada. This is that which should be the answer to northern Nevada. This is that which shall be the answer to North America. This is that which shall be the answer to our lost and dying world. Somebody pray. Let's stand all across the building. Come on, would you pray with me? Come on, this is what you've been looking for. 
This is what you've been praying for. Uh, well, it doesn't look like much right now. Neither did Jesus in a manger. Neither did Jesus on the road to the J to Jordan River. But this was that. Didn't look like much in an upper room. But this was still that. Would somebody pray? Lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, there's some folks asking, is this this? Is this really that or do we look for something else? Is this really that? Is this what we've really been praying for? Or do we find something else? Do we look towards something else? Or is this that? Somebody pray. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. If you have not yet received the gift of the Holy Ghost, I want to tell you this is what you've been looking for. If you've never spoken in other tongues, I want you to know this is what you've been praying for. This is what you've been searching for. This is why things in your life, amen, have brought you to this position. You've been looking for this. Come on, somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, every trouble, every heartache, every pain uh, doesn't seem like it was working out for your good, but you made it to the house of God today, and you're hearing a preacher telling you, this is that which you've been praying for. As some folks might look around and think some of us have lost our minds with worship. As others might say, well, let me look around the church. You really think this is the answer for Carson City in northern Nevada? There's not 6,000 people here. We got a lot of people in this region. I want to declare to you this is that. Not this will be that. Come on. I didn't say this will be that. Look around your, uh, look around the church. This is what Northern Nevada is praying for. Well, preacher, I don't see it yet. Yeah, that's all right. But there was 120 in the upper room, and though it didn't look like much, it didn't make it any less true that this was that. You come to this unassuming church. On Winnie Lane, there's people that are going to come through the next few years. They're going to come from every language. They're going to come from every tribe. They're going to come from every, amen, they might come from different previous sexual orientations. They might be confused with their gender. There's people that are going to come, amen, from parties. They're going to come all messed up on drugs. There's going to be people that are come, amen, they've been messed up by the business world. They might have money in the bank, but their heart is empty, and they're going to come to this house. And if we don't declare it now that this is that, they'll never see it as such. If this is not that to you, it will never be that to them. It's got to be that to us. Church, I didn't come to Carson City, Nevada to try to say I'm looking for something else. This is that which was promised. Every person that's getting drunk 
They're just looking for a life that is full of God's spirit. And we need to tell them this is that. Every high is somebody that's looking for more in life. There's got to be more than what I feel. There's got to be more than going to work and going home. There's got to be more than this and that. This is that. Everybody going from one night stand to one night stand. They're just looking for closeness. They're looking for fulfillment that only comes from God. And we've got to declare that this is that. If you're in this building and you're looking for deliverance, this is that. If you're looking for freedom, this is that. If you're looking for your life to be repaired, this is that. If you're looking for your marriage to be put back together piece by piece, this is that. If you're looking for your body to be healed of every disease and cancers, this is that. If you want your soul to be saved, this is that. If you need God to fill you with his spirit, this is that. Would you lift up your hands? Let's pray for just a moment. Come on, let's pray. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost real strong. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, today's your day. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, today is your day. This is what you've been looking for. This is what you've been praying for. Come on, if you're tired of being religious, you can come into this house, and God can fill you over again with His Spirit, and you can receive what God has been promising. I want to open up this altar. Will we come? Why don't you bring the person next to you? But let's all come to the altar with our hands in the air. There's people that are tired of this old world. And I'm coming to tell you that this is what you're looking for. Come on. If you've been looking for a group of people that will pray you through the Holy Ghost, this is that. If you've been looking for somebody that will speak a word over your life, this is that. If you've been looking for some folks that believe you can be healed after the doctor says it's over, this is that. If you've been looking for somebody to baptize you, this is that. If you've been looking for miracles, signs, and wonders, this is that. Church, would you pray all across this building? Come on, I'm done preaching. Let's flood these altars right now. Somebody come. Well, you're not looking for something else. You're looking for what's in this altar right now. You come and you can find it right now. What you've been praying for is here. What you've been searching for is here. What you've been crying for is here. There is more to life. And it's being in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on. This is that. This is that. Church, we got to believe it. This is what they need. This is what they're looking for. This is that. Share it. Share it. This is what they're looking for. The sound of heaven touching earth. The sound of heaven touching earth. Our Father.
Spirit break out.